The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. Ready? All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing in zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another NFL Fantasy Flex episode of the award-winning Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM, the official odds provider of the show. I'm Matthew Friedman, the editor-in-chief of Fantasy Labs. Here with me are Sean Corner and Chris Raybon. Sean is the Action Network Director of Predictive Analytics. Chris is a senior editor and analyst at the Action Network, and they are two of the best fantasy football rankers in the world. In this episode... We are highlighting the players at the top of our week six rankings live in our fantasy tool at the Action Network. We are discussing the guys we're high and low on and looking at how they do in our fantasy labs models. And we're speculating on some player props and joining us in his return to the show is Pat Fitzmorris, a contributor at thefootballgirl.com. He's one of the top rankers at Fantasy Pros and he's the host of the Fitz on Fantasy podcast. Fitz, how's it going? Doing great, Matt. Always good to join you and Sean and Chris. Looking forward to discussing week six. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. Man, what a a random week. But, uh, you know, I think it, it can make for uh, good content, uh, good competitive games. So uh, excited to have you on the show to talk about it. Uh, I want to remind everyone to participate in the best DFS contest ever, the Action Network Podcast Tournament of Champions presented by BetMGM. It's a free custom tournament on Yahoo for our listeners. You can join by clicking the link in the show description. Each week, the top 10 finishers get over $1,000 in Action Network prizes, and the top five finishers punch their ticket to the wildcard weekend grand finale where they compete for the grand prize, a Las Vegas trip for two valued at $5,000 courtesy of BetMGM. By the way, I should give a quick shout out to John DeBuchanani, who has dominated this competition so far. In the first five weeks, he has not one, but two top five finishes. He is with the Fantasy Football Elite on Twitter, at Fantasy FB Elite. John DeBuchanani, what a legendary performer in our Action Network podcast, Tournament of Champions, presented by BetMGM. Again, listeners can join for free every week. Click on the link in the episode description to join. Pat, let's talk about the guys at the top of our quarterback rankings. Probably no surprise here, uh, nothing too controversial. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Now, you could you know, maybe make a, an argument for some other guys right after them, but uh, right now, give us your top three. Keeping in mind that we're recording this on Tuesday and a lot can change. Yeah, right now I've got Mahomes one, Kyler two, uh, Lamar Jackson three, and Josh Allen four. So a little, a little off base there, I guess, with the, the Allen ranking. But, uh, you know, it's not some uh, take lock where I'm saying that Josh Allen sucks or anything. Uh, I think he's for real. And, you know, he is so far averaging about 30 fantasy points a game versus 20 for Lamar. I do think there's a little bit of gravitational pull that might come into play on Allen's fantasy scoring. And, you know, Lamar, I think we're going to see scoring a little bit higher most weeks. So I don't know. I guess it's it's kind of a matchup-based thing. Like the Chiefs are 
fifth in opponent passer rating. I know that's not a great stat, like a, a bulletproof stat, but it is a pretty good back of the envelope uh, gauge of a, a pass defense. So, um, you know, not the easiest matchup for Allen. Kind of splitting hairs with those two, but I do have Jackson just a tad higher. All right, so that's your top three. Who is a guy that, uh, again, early in the week, you think that you are probably going to be higher on than the consensus? It's magic, baby. Um, <laughs> you know, it, he is, I believe, eighth right now in fantasy points per game. And he's doing it in with some of these games factored in where he hasn't even had to throw that much. And, and that's what kind of an odd year 2020 has been, I guess, that we've got games where the Dolphins are blowing people out and not having to throw a lot. But it has kind of happened twice with the uh, Jaguars and the 49ers this past week. Um, you know, he's got three 300 yard games, three multiple TD games. He's averaging, I think, better than 20 yards rushing per game. Um, you know, and I'm not that daunted by a matchup against the Jets. Uh, you know, I know they've got kind of a, a pass funnel defense. Like one of the few things they actually do somewhat decently is stop the run. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of optimistic that the Fitz magic continues for another week. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're, we're there with you, uh, at least Sean and I, I mean, who knows what's, what's going on with Raybon, but, uh, no, I mean, Sean and I, we have him in the, the top 12 and it's not just, uh, not daunted by a matchup with the jets, uh, actively enjoying the matchup with the jets. I, I think it's a, a good spot for him. Um, Sean, who is a quarterback you are relatively high on? So I'm really high on Matthew Stafford this week. Uh, he comes in at my QB nine right now. Um, you know, they're coming off a bye, So I think in DFS, he might be overlooked a bit in that regard that, you know, he's not coming off a big game or anything. Uh, but the Lions are the second highest team total this week. I actually took the over 52 and a half when it came out. I think it should be closer to 55, 56. And I think the number is now up to 54 at MGM. Um, so yeah, the Lions have the second highest team total. There should be plenty of touchdowns to go around. Uh, the Jaguars defense is, you know, already in rough shape as is, but they're now they're banged up. Uh, Miles Jack, Josh Allen, and CJ Henderson are questionable this week after missing um, week five. So, you know, this could be just a blow up spot for Stafford. I could see myself having a ton of Stafford, Galladay, and Hawkinson uh, stacks. So I'm all in on Stafford this week. And another guy I want to touch on is Kirk Cousins. He's also um, in my top 10, uh, now that it sounds like Dalvin Cook's going to be out, I think, you know, there's going to be even more on his plate against this, you know, brutal Falcons defense. So, um, you know, the Falcons have given up at least 90 yards to seven different receivers in five games. So I think, you know, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson should have massive games. But it's also encouraging to see Irv Smith uh, step up as, you know, potentially a reliable number three weapon for Cousins. So I think uh, just this week, he's my top streaming QB um, I'll have plenty of him in DFS once prices come out. Uh, but yeah, Kirk Cousins is a top 10 QB for me as well. All right, Chris, you are right there with Sean uh, when it comes to uh, rankings with Stafford and Cousins. Uh, who are you relatively high on this week? I agree with Sean on that Jaguars and Lions game. I think that should be a good game for fantasy production. We know that quarterback uh, stats are strongly correlated. If you look at the fantasy labs, uh, correlations tool uh, opposing quarterbacks have a, a very high correlation with each other. So uh, Minshew and Stafford are the two guys for me, uh, both within my top 10 this week. 
All right. So uh, I'm with you guys on, uh, on Stafford there. Uh, I actually have him number six and uh, Raybon, I'm with you there on, on Minshew. Uh, you have him number six. I have him number five. I was surprised uh, when I did my first, uh, you know, projection run through to have him that high. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the total on that game is high. Uh, it's a, a good matchup for him. And then we just kind of have to remember we're now in the bye weeks uh, and uh, you know, no Dak Prescott on the slate. Uh, you know, the quarterback position is starting to get thinned out a little bit. So guys that we normally wouldn't think of as top 10 plays, all of a sudden they're showing up in the top 10 fits. Who is someone you are relatively low on? It's going to seem sort of reactionary to have Matt Ryan down at quarterback 16, especially in a week with four teams on by after he's had three games where I think he's had a combined one touchdown pass. But as of now, it looks like there's a very strong chance that uh, he's going to be without Julio Jones again. You know, the, the Vikings defense is not the cupcake matchup anymore, perhaps that it seemed in the first couple of weeks of the season. That pass defense looked a little better except for maybe on that last drive against Seattle on Sunday night. You know, the the cornerbacks kind of didn't know anyone. It was an entirely new cornerback room uh, for the Vikings going into this season. I think Zimmer sort of is getting the defense tightened up. And, um, yeah, it's just, you know, with a, a guy who's been as consistent as Matt Ryan, I just sort of, after that ranking came up, I looked and kind of back-tested it, looking against the other quarterbacks to r- ranked directly above him, just binary decisions. Would I want to start Ryan or this other guy? And it really was the other guy in all these cases. So uh, I just can't get excited about him this week. Not all that far off from you. I, I have him at number 14. And uh, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the guys ranked ahead of him and uh, you know, I mean, I feel decent about having them there. Uh, Sean, who are you relatively low on? So first off, I want to say I'm with Fitz on Fitz. I have uh, Fitz Magic ranked QB okay. 11 right now, but I just uh, I should have said this last week when it comes to Daniel Jones as well. Uh, you know we can't really trust them, or they they have a wider range of outcomes than other quarterbacks. So you know I'd be careful when it comes to Fitzpatrick. You know I'm projecting him to have a good game, but still he he always has a lower floor than most people realize. And this week, I mean, the Dolphins are nearly 10-point favorites against the Jets. So that could hurt his ceiling as well. So, you know, I, I would just be a little bit careful with him. And I would I would prefer trusting a guy like Stafford or Cousins in season long. So uh, I just want to put that out there. Even though I have Fitzpatrick ranked really high, I, I do think that you, you want to lean with, towards these safer guys if you can. Um, and the other guy I want to touch on is Carson Wentz. Again, I have him ranked outside of the top 20 this week um, at QB 22. He has another brutal matchup against the Ravens. Um, luckily, he, you know, he was able to put up a useful score against the Steelers, uh, thanks to Travis Fulgham, but um, I'm down on him this week. But I do think there's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, he, he could be getting Alshon Jeffrey, even Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson back this week or next. So, um, you know, once he gets those guys back, Jalen Rager, Dallas Goddard at some point, the, the schedule's going to uh, clear up here for him. I think he's a good buy low candidate or just a guy to keep tabs on in your waiver wire. But um, I'm passing on him this week. But I think in the second half of the season, Carson Wentz will be a guy that, you know, he could return to the QB1 discussion. Raybon, who are you relatively low on? Uh, a guy that uh, I think we all like last week was Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he's been pretty good this season overall, um, very efficient, but I don't like the matchup. Uh, this week going against the Chicago Bears. You look at the Bears and they haven't allowed multiple touchdown passes 
to a quarterback yet in five games. They haven't allowed multiple touchdowns because they haven't allowed um, a rushing score to a quarterback either. And they've only allowed over uh, 253 passing yards once to a quarterback. So I think it's going to be a situation where uh, probably a lower scoring game. Uh, Bridgewater is going to need a lot of attempts uh, to get to get up and down the field. So it doesn't probably doesn't hurt the receivers as much, I think, in PPR. Uh, but as far as Bridgewater's overall numbers, um, he's not a guy that I would recommend uh, streaming this week. All right, one guy that I am relatively low on, and I should say this is something of a precautionary ranking or projection where I have him right now. Uh, I'm low on Lamar Jackson. Uh, I have him number 16, and it has solely to do with the, the rushing production because Whoa. he had just two wow. carries last week. And uh, I think that there actually might be something up with his knee. Uh, And so I just, I'm going to pay attention to what we see in the practice reports. Does he actually practice on Wednesday uh, and or Thursday? Uh, I'm imagining that I'm going to end up bumping up his rushing projection. But um, if he doesn't have the rushing, who is he? Like that's, that's pretty much all that Lamar Jackson is, is the rushing. Like he's, he's been efficient as a passer in terms of turning his, his uh, attempts into touchdowns, but that's something that is also kind of fluky. So if he doesn't have the rushing, uh, then he really is a guy who probably should not be in the top 10. Uh, And so right now I'm just taking a sort of precautionary approach, knowing that later in the week, I'm probably going to go back in and bump him up. But based on what we saw last week with just three yards rushing on two carries, granted, in a game where they didn't really need him to run, uh, but given what we saw out of him last week, uh, I want to be extremely cautious about him this week. Uh, I'm imagining that ranking Lamar Jackson at number 16 uh, is something that uh, you guys – would have uh, some the, some comments about Ray the, the, the decay rate on your Bayesian priors is just ridiculous <laughs> right now. Like, are you just using like the last game and throwing out like, like it's like last game, 80%, everything else like 20. There is something legitimate with the knee issue with Lamar Jackson to where if like, we actually just might see him running only two to five times per game. And if that happens, like, he seriously drops down the rankings. According to our Sports Insights bet signals, uh, the Sharps are on the over in that game. So that's a good sign at least. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I saw that too. And it, it is worrisome. I think it may have been a one week thing with um, he did miss practice two days. So, you know, maybe, and uh, I think it, there was an illness involved as well. So maybe it was just one of those situations where, you know, kind of want to go into Cincinnati, get that, uh, well, stay, you know, get, play that game, get that win, get out of there healthy. Um, in, in a situation like that. But yeah, I, I, it, if he doesn't have his rushing upside, yeah, he's not, as we saw against Kansas City, he's not that much of a difference maker uh, as some of these other guys. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I feel the need to contextualize this. Sean, go ahead. No, it's, it, it's a fair concern. Like last week, I was joking. He was, you know, turning into 2018 Lamar Jackson. You know, he's throwing for under 200 yards every game. Um, and now he's not even rushing. So what, you know, what value does he provide? So I, I get the early week 16 Q, you know QB 16 ranking but we'll have to monitor this for sure if, if we're only expecting a handful of carries for him yeah he's absolutely outside the top 12 for me uh, but yeah it's, it's early in the week okay uh, Sean 
every week we have our little ritual. You give us the the player prop. Props aren't live, but when they are live, you can bet on them at BetMGM, and you can use our Fantasy Labs player prop tool where uh, the props with the bet quality of 10 have a 60% win rate over the past two seasons. Sean, give us the player prop for the quarterback position. Uh, so I think this is the most critical QB projection of the week, and it's Andy Dalton's passing yeah. yards because this dictates – the rest of the offense. So I'm curious to hear where you guys are on this one. Um, so they're at home against the Cardinals Monday night. I have Andy Dalton's passing yards at 278 and a half. Are you guys over or under? I'm a little bit under, just a little. Uh, optimist that I am. I'm known for my optimism world over. Uh, I'm going to take the over here, um, but it's very close. I have him projected for 284. And a lot of it is just based on the fact that I still expect the Cowboys, even though they will be less efficient, to try to do something similar on offense. I think they will still want to play fast. And even if they lean a little bit more towards the running game, I still think they will throw at an above average rate. So that's where this is coming from. I'm going under. Uh, Number one, the Cardinals haven't even given up uh, that many passing yards to any quarterback yet this season um and number two what is the kryptonite of andy dalton it's an offensive line it's it's the it's a bad offensive line the cowboys are missing uh, their center and joe Looney. tyron smith is out for the year collins is out for the year uh irving's on the ir i mean this offensive line is decimated uh, i expect them to try to feed zeke uh, and protect dalton and and even if he does have to throw i think he's going to struggle because uh, he always has behind a bad offensive line 26th in rating under pressure uh, a season ago I'm at 266. My my heart is broken right now. Okay, let's talk about running backs. The NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. Ezekiel Elliott is at the top of our rankings, followed by Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Mike Davis. Fitz, who do you have in your top three? Ooh, I guess I'm a little contrarian. I've got Zeke and then Derrick Henry locking in that workload. And then I struggled with number three, but I've got Aaron Jones. I know a lot of people are going to see that matchup against the Buccaneers. It's just murderous. The Bucs are averaging less than uh, three yards given up per carry. They've been tough against the run, uh, you know, for the better part of two years now. But, you know, they just keep giving it to Jones consistently. His carries on the season so far, 16, 18, 16, and 15. He's punched in six touchdowns. If you throw at uh, McCaffrey, he is number two among running backs and fantasy points per game. And I don't think that Bucks Rundy is going to be quite as tough with Vita Vea out for this season. So, you know, and also the uses in the passing game. Jones has 15 catches, at least four catches in three of his four games. So, I mean, the guy's just good, man. And I'm not going to back down on that matchup. 
All right, and uh, Sean is is with you, I believe, on uh, Derrick Henry. I think he has Derrick Henry number two uh, in his rankings. Uh, Fitz, who else is uh, someone that you are relatively high on? Captain Obvious here with Alexander Madison, with Dalvin Cook likely going to miss the game with his uh, groin injury or abductor strain, whatever it is. Minnesota's fourth in rushing attempts. You know, they project for favorable game script against the winless Falcons. I guess the worries here are just that Madison is not really a pass catcher. He's got 18 catches in 18 career games. You know, and the Falcons are a little bit easier to throw. Well, they're a lot easier to throw on than they are to run on. But um, Madison and the Vikings run game we're operating in Seattle was pretty encouraging. Uh, You know, Madison looked good throughout that game. And at home with the favorable game scripts and, you know, a, a game where there's a pretty good chance he gets at least 18 carries or so. He looks like a pretty good bat, a top a top 10 running back play this week, I think for sure. Okay, Sean, uh, I want to kick it to you. Who is someone that you are relatively high on? Uh, I'm sticking with Ronald Jones this week. Um, he's my RB11. Uh, he's coming out back-to-back Hunter games, so this isn't a surprise. But, you know, I think they continue to lean on him this week with Keyshawn Vaughn, Leonard Fournette, and LaShawn McCoy all banged up. Not to mention, you know, most of the pass catchers on the Buccaneers are banged up or out. So I think they lean on him again this week against Green Bay. Love him. Love his touchdown upside as well. And uh, Raheem Mozart, uh, I'm I'm going to be pretty high on him this week. Right now he's my RB19, but that that could be going up. You know, the closer I look at it, you know, he looked closer to 100% than I was expecting this week, uh, and he relegated Jerick McKinnon basically to a change of pace role. Um, and one of the knocks I had on Mozart heading into the season was his lack of, you know, receiving upside. But he, he led the team with uh, routes run per dropback with 35%. And I think that could actually go up this week. So he could become more of a workhorse back in this offense than I even thought, you know, going into the season, especially with the, the woes at quarterback right now. I think they're going to lean on the run game heavily against the Rams this week. So I think Mozart, uh, you know, he had a good game last week, but I think that people might be overlooking, you know, he's, you know, potentially a high upside RB2 right now. So uh, I'm going to be high on him again, early week ranking of RB19, but I could see that pushing closer to you know RB12, 14 range by the end of the week. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I'm, I'm being aggressive on this, uh, but a lot of the things that you pointed out, I've incorporated into my projections here. So I have him at number 11. Which uh, which feels you know, like feels aggressive. Uh, maybe I need to adjust down a little bit, but uh, I mean, I I do think that he's he's pretty much the guy uh, in that backfield, especially considering that McKinnon got almost no action last week. Uh, Raybon, who are you relatively high on? I'm going to go with David Montgomery. Uh, you look at Carolina; they have given up the second most uh, fantasy points to the running back position, and Montgomery took over a lot of that passing down work. For uh, Tariq Cohen, who is, you know, on IR with the, with the torn ACL. So um, I think it's a good matchup for Montgomery. The Bears really haven't shown an interest in getting, you know, other guys besides him involved in that backfield. Uh, you know, it's been, you know, Ryan Dahl's there. He hasn't really done anything. I think Pierce is there. I don't know, know if he's been active. So uh, Montgomery is a guy who is uh, pushing top 10 for me uh, this week. Okay. One guy I have. Very high. Once again, Kareem Hunt. Is it uh, unreasonable for me to have him number one? Of course it is. I'm probably going to adjust that down a little bit. But uh, I mean, I thought he was you know, very locked in as the lead back last week. Uh, I think he will continue to be the lead back this week. And I think one way or another, whether it's uh, 
with the Browns, you know, really leaning on the running game uh, and feeding their lead back or, you know, whether the Browns get down and then they, you know, end up funneling some targets to uh, Kareem Hunt. I think one way or another, uh, he ends up having a good game, uh, even in a tough matchup against the Steelers. So probably I should not have him in the top three. He's probably more in the like five to eight range, but I think certainly uh, locked into the the top eight here. Fitz, who is someone you are low on? So maybe this is too low for a lot of people to consider for their lineups anyway, but I guess in a 14 buy, can we just like knock it off with the Naheem Hines stuff? Like his expert consensus ranking is at fantasy pros is running back 29, which in a bye week, I think makes him like borderline flex possibility if he were really that valuable. But like ever since he had that first week where he had the two touchdowns, 15 catches or uh, 15 touches, eight receptions, like people have been wanting to make Naheem Hines a thing. And I've, I've been like pulling my hair out with uh, Frank Reich wasting these early down carries on Naheem Hines the last couple of weeks. He's averaging like 3.1 yards a carry. He's not even good in the passing game, man. Like 5.7 yards per target, which is like, if you're going to be a passing down back, you got to be over six. You know, James White is always over six. Guys like Jalen Richard are in the sevens. You know, like he's not even good at that one job. Give Jonathan Taylor the freaking ball, man. Just do it. I love it. Impassioned. Uh, Sean, <laughs> who are you relatively low on? First off, I agree with the Heinz call, especially, you know, the Colts are eight-point favorites. Um, so, yeah, th- there's no reason to be giving <laughs> Heinz the ball here. The, the guys I'm down on this week are James Conner uh, at home against the Browns. I have him as RB17. The Browns have been very, very good against opposing running backs and very weak against the pass. So I think this is a pass funnel situation for the Steelers who it's surprising to see that big Ben, he's only passed for over 240 yards once this year. Uh, I think with all the talent they have at wide receiver and even tight end, I think they, they attack the bears through the air here. So I think James Conner could have a down game and, you know, Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland have been eating away at a bit too many carries in, in my opinion. I think McFarland actually took the second carry of the game. So that's something to monitor. I think Connor, you know, he could be, you know, a high floor RB2 this week, but I'd be careful with him in DFS. Uh, and then the other guy that I'm down on is Melvin Gordon. Uh, I have him all the way down to RB24. You know, Philip Lindsay had this um, additional bye week, so to speak, uh, to get closer to 100%. He's going to return uh, pretty much 100%. So I think he's going to eat into Melvin Gordon's workload. This is a matchup at New England where, you know, the game script, is not going to be in favor for Melvin Gordon. And hopefully you're able to sell high on Gordon after his 100-yard two-touchdown game in week four because I think, you know, going forward, I consider him more of a low-end RB2 with uh, Philip Lindsay back in the mix. Rayvon, who are you low on? I'm going to have to go with uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, Ingram has been a guy that just – he hasn't been really separating himself – uh, with from uh, Dobbins and, and Edwards and those guys in Baltimore, um, you would expected a little more production uh, last week, especially with you know, Omar Jackson not running, but it's still kind of, you know, middling uh, for him. So uh, Philadelphia is a team that uh, one thing that one strength of theirs is that they have a, a strong uh, D line and, and their D line can generally control games most weeks. So, uh, I don't think this is a great spot for Ingram or, or any of these Raven running backs, really, especially when they're using this this committee where they're not really differentiating all the time between them. All right. One guy I am relatively low on, and I'll just say uh, I made 
I made adjustments to the Cowboys based on Andy Dalton being the quarterback. And so I probably need to go in and check some of the assumptions I'm making because I have Zeke now at number seven, which that just like in my gut that that feels too low. But uh, a big part of that is I'm just expecting fewer touchdowns for that offense, fewer rushing touchdowns. And that really is where the the big drop is coming uh, for Zeke in the the touchdowns that I am projecting to him. And so I, I still think he's going to, you know, obviously be the heart of that offense, uh, be the guy who gets the vast majority of the rushing attempts. I just think there will be probably fewer, fewer goal line opportunities for him moving forward. Uh, and so that uh, that's what is dragging down my projection of him so far. I say that knowing I probably, I feel as if I should tweak this a little bit, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I still think that offense is going to be pretty, pretty run heavy. Uh, sorry, uh, pretty pass heavy without uh, a lot of opportunities at the goal line. So uh, something I'm going to be keeping in mind moving forward with the projections there. Sean, give us the player prop. So uh, this one's a running back battle that maybe some of us expected, but not this soon. Uh, it's the Cardinals running backs, uh, Kenyon Drake versus Chase Edmonds and DK points. I'm setting the line at Drake minus three and a half. I'll still take Drake, but uh, it's close. I think I have them separated by maybe four points. It's very close. I'm going to take Drake too. Edmonds is getting the higher value targets, but Drake has outtouched him, I think, 91 of 37 so far. So I got to go with Drake there. Yeah, I'm going to go with Drake. It's close, but Drake still has enough touches, and I don't think either of them are threats for the the three-point bonus necessarily, but Drake with the touches – uh, in the run game, you know, if he if he makes a big play there, uh, I think still has the edge there. So um, it, it's it's not good, it's not comforting to see Edmonds getting so much pass game usage, yeah. uh, and, and Drake really not even getting targeted much when he does run a route. But uh, still going to go Drake uh, in this spot. At wide receiver, the guys at the top of the board: DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Calvin Ridley. Fitz, where are you on your top three at wide receiver? So I've got Tyreek Hill, number one, and going to tip my hat to Raybon here for really kind of opening my eyes, being one of the guys who's opened my eyes to the value of Tyreek Hill. And uh, like, I kind of think he's the best receiver in the league. So he's one for me, Hopkins two, and Devontae Adams third. Um, You know, Adams is just going to get such a massive target share in that offense now, Um, should be back and ready to roll for this matchup with the Buccaneers. And, you know, if, if the Buccaneers run defense hasn't lost that much with Vita Vea being hurt, then they're going to be a pass funnel and maybe Packers are throwing more than they might otherwise. All right. So aside from Tyreek, who is someone you are relatively high on? I'm pretty high on Devontae Parker this week. Um, you know, just as I mentioned with Fitch, Fitz Magic earlier, I sort of like this matchup against the Jets and the uh, individual matchup. I think Parker is probably going to be going against Pierre Desir. So that's kind of a, a chef's kiss matchup right there. It's been weird with him and the targets. He's only had 32 targets which seems like it's pretty low for a guy who's clearly the alpha receiver there. But again, those blowout games against the Jaguars and the 49ers, he only had three targets last week against San Francisco. So maybe that weighs into it. And uh, he's just been really efficient with the targets he has had. I think he's got a a catch rate over 80% right now, 22nd in fantasy scoring among receivers. So uh, really like this matchup for him. I just think it's a good spot. Sean. Who are you high on? 
Kenny freaking Galladay. I, I have him as uh, my wide receiver six this week, uh, which is right about where he was drafted heading into the season, right? But this week at Jacksonville, they're coming off a bye. So, you know, his injured hamstring should be closer to 100%. They've limited him to about 80% routes run so far. So I think that's going to be closer to 90, 95% this week. We should see the Kenny Galladay we're used to. There's, you know, massive scoring potential here. Like I said, they have the second highest team total. Uh, Kenny Galladay is a guy that thrives in environments like that. I think he's a, he's a good bet for a multi-touchdown game. I just think he might be overlooked this point in the season because he hasn't had that massive game yet, but it could be coming this week. Um, and the other guy is T. Higgins. Uh, right now I have him wide receiver 34. That could go up. But, you know, with, with A.J. Green out, um, Higgins already passed up A.J. Green a couple weeks ago, I want to say. But with A.J. Green out, those those empty targets that weren't really doing much are now going to be going T. Higgins' way. So I think he could be a good bet for, you know, one of these rookies that we've seen break out the past few weeks, like Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool. Uh, T. Higgins' turn is coming up. It could be this week, could be next week. But uh, I'm all in on T. Higgins going forward with A.J. Green out. Uh, right now, I'm as wide receiver 34. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Rayvon, who is someone you are relatively high on? Chase Claypool, right? Like that's that that's the easy answer for me. Um, you know, seventy nine and sixty eight percent of the routes run per drop back the last two weeks. Uh, he's cutting into to these other guys in the top three uh, in that Steelers uh, wide receiver rotation. And now you're facing the Browns, a team who uh, is bottom three in terms of fantasy points allowed to the position. Uh, I don't know how you keep this guy off the field at this point after after the game he had last week. Uh, he's carrying the football. He's catching the football. This guy may be the number one receiver in Steelers fantasy points You know, by the end of the year. Uh, it's disappointing for Juju. It's disappointing for Deontay Johnson, obviously. But this guy is just better than these guys right now. And uh, I expect him to be closer to uh, 90% of the routes this week. I don't see how they keep him off the field. Raybon, it's almost as if you looked in the outline and saw who I was going to talk about because I am I, also <laughs> talking about Chase Claypool. Uh, I, I'm with you 100% on everything you said. And, and by the way, though, if, if there's one area where I'm disagreeing with you, I think we're not high enough on Chase Claypool. Am I ridiculous in having him rank number 12? You bet I'm ridiculous, <laughs> but I don't care. It's early in the week. I can be ridiculous early in the week. But here's the thing, all right? So a lot of this is under the assumption that Deontay Johnson does not play uh, and maybe he does play. So I end up, you know, drastically adjusting the projections. But right now, assuming Deontay Johnson doesn't play, we're looking at a rookie who as a second rounder, was a strong college producer, uh, has a, a nearly unrivaled athletic profile that approaches something like Calvin Johnson. Not quite Calvin Johnson, but not all that far off from Calvin Johnson, just in terms of his size and athleticism, right? In, in week one, he did almost nothing. He had just a 6% target share. In week seven, he had a 7% target share, but we saw him flash with 88 yards and a touchdown. He had 11% target share, in week three, and then he had the buy. It's almost as if you could see the Steelers 
thinking, how do we get this guy like over the bye week? Because they don't have to focus on another team. They can focus on themselves, evaluate themselves and think, what is it that we could be doing better? You know what? Why don't we get the ball more to Chase Claypool? Because I don't think it was just that Deontay Johnson was out for, uh, for you know, most of the game. I mean, they were scheming carries to him, which like that's the sign for a wide receiver that the team really wants to get him the ball. And he had a 32% target share last week with three carries. And it's not as if like the touchdowns he was scoring, like, you know, some of them, you know, maybe a smidgen of a busted coverage here that whatever, but like some of these touchdowns were like legit, like big boy touchdowns. Like he immediately looks like the wide receiver and Raybon, as, as you say, I agree with you. I think from this point forward, if you looked at all of the fantasy points, these guys are going to score. I think he actually leads these wide receivers in fantasy points for the rest of the season. Yeah, Matt, you're, you're exactly right. And I just want to, because I haven't gloated about this yet. This is not about you guys. This is about the rest of the industry. I haven't gloated about this yet, but don't draft rookies, they said. Like, like just avoid them. They're not going to, this is not the year to draft rookies. Everyone said that. Almost everyone said that. Like, it, this, it was the obvious play. Um, I know we were all on it, but like what you, we were seeing with Jefferson, look what you're seeing with Claypool, look what you're seeing with Ayuk. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Uh, <laughs> Judy's been consistent when he's been in yeah. there. You know, it, this is like, and they said, you know, don't draft rookies. Like it was anytime there's like such a wide consensus about something, you always have to second guess. It's not always going to be right, but like we are seeing this in a big way. And it, why? Because it's athleticism is going to win out at that position in, in this day and age of the NFL. Like it, this, they're spread offenses. This is not about learning route trees and all this and that. This is about you're good at a few things. Like, I don't know how, like Chase Crape was probably running the same like three routes all day. And, and like, you know, it's just bonkers. So you didn't even mention uh, rugs. Who had right, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, with, with my two Kansas City minus ten bets, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> I wasn't too <laughs> happy about that. Uh, yeah, I said, well, they do have <laughs> rugs. They might be able to. Yeah. We're just gonna Whoops. forget about that. But and yep. then look, you know, like Teddy Bridgewater in the new system, Carolina, three and two. Don't like these teams need continuity. Like, come on, man. Like, it, it, talent's gonna win out, man. Yeah. So I mean, Claypool. Uh, I am incredibly high on him this this week and even when Deontay Johnson comes back there's no way that they like entirely put Claypool back on the sideline maybe it's a a rookie year Randy Moss type of situation where it's like okay we strategically use him he's not out there every snap but they I mean they have to figure out a way to get the ball to this guy at, at least six times a game probably more Fitz who is someone you are relatively low on just because we have not talked about this subject enough, I've got Juju out of the top 25 this week. And it's funny, Matt, because I had you on my podcast a couple of months ago. And as original Juju truthers, we had a joint therapy session during that podcast and, uh, you know, talked about the meaning of Deontay Johnson coming along and sort of putting, at this, putting us at this pivot point on our love for Juju. You know, and we didn't even factor in the Canadian DK Metcalf coming in and, and totally ruining things for both of those guys. I'm seeing guys who still have Juju like in the top 15 this week on Fantasy Pros and, and wondering how they can possibly do that with, you know, Claypool is, is just the truth, man. Totally echo what Raybon is saying about the rookie receivers. Like we used to, that used to be just such a general rule of thumb. Like you do not take rookie receivers in fantasy. Uh, rookie running backs are good bats. 
and look at where we are with that, with Cam Akers and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn and, you know, even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Jonathan Taylor not being uh, quite the monsters we thought they were going to be. So uh, absolutely, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm fading Juju hard this week. I have him at number 19 and uh, it hurts my heart both ways. It, it, if I feel like it's, it's too low and yet it's still too high. Uh, you know, he's, and it, yeah. Oh, can I just go back to Juju for a second? Like yeah. his average depth of target this year is five yards. Like that's way down. He was at, I think 8.8 as a rookie and 9.7 the next year. Like, and now he's basically 2018 Jarvis Landry. And like that, <laughs> yeah. it'd be one thing if he was getting like nine, 10, 12, targets a week i mean i think he's had six eight five and five so man it's just uh yeah trutherism dies hard sean who are you really yeah. low on? well i'm with you on the juju remember i had to use him the past two weeks in this segment because of the the, the bye week in week four yeah I, I just thought they would spread it around too much in claypool and even james washington has been really good too it's gonna be tough to keep him off the field ray ray mcleod I mean, they, they just have too many weapons. So a guy like Juju that thrives on volume, th- this just hurts his stock a ton. So glad you guys are all on the same page. I have him at wide receiver 26 right now, so it still seems too high. But the guys that I'm low on are all the Cowboys wide receivers. I think that goes without saying. But I think specifically Michael Gallup, um, you know, he was already kind of a dicey wide receiver three with Dak in the lineup. But I have him all the way down to wide receiver 51. Um, which might be a little bit too low because he did connect with uh, Dalton on those uh, two plays in the, the final drive. I think it was like 57 yards on two catches. So they, they do have that potential there, but that could have been, a, you know, the two minute warning type of two minute style offense that gave him those opportunities. But uh, with Gallup, I think it's wait and see. I think you leave him on the bench this week. And if he has a good game, then you might be able to trust him next week. But I think going forward, Gallup stock takes the biggest hit here. Sean, I actually, I have him ranked exactly where you do. And Raybon is actually a, even a little bit lower than we are. I mean, I think we're we're all on the same page there. Uh, Raybon, who are you relatively low on? Yeah, I mean, it, this, this happens almost every week. Sean goes ahead of me, but I, you have to, we have to talk more about these Dallas receivers. I mean, Dak Prescott was throwing for, you know, 450 plus yards three of the last four games. Uh, you're going to see a massive drop in production from a guy who, again, has historically struggled uh, with a with a shaky offensive line, and like I, I remember before the 2018 season, actually running a correlation between just like his his O line's PFF grade and Andy Dalton and his passer rating, and there was like a very strong correlation there. So uh, I am worried uh, about these guys, especially because we're also seeing uh, you know the number four guy Cedric Wilson. Uh, mix in a little bit more than I think any of us thought. And that's taking, you know, a, a rep here and there away from Gallup, Cooper, Lamb. Uh, Cooper was quiet most of the game. Uh, I, I'm assuming I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch yet, but I'm assuming it was, uh, you know, something to do with Bradbury and getting a lot of attention, which could happen again with Peterson uh, in Arizona this week. So uh, just a, a situation where these guys are knocking down probably like a, a whole, you know, t- two tier to two tiers from where we had them with Dak at quarterback. I have Amari right now at wide receiver 16, Lamb at 38, Gallup 63. Rayvon, uh, sadly, I am with you there on the uh, the analysis with the, the Dallas wide receivers. One guy I'm relatively low on, and it, it correlates uh, with Robbie Anderson. I think all of us are pretty comfortable having him in the, the top 12, thinking of him as a wide receiver one at this point. Uh, and it's because DJ Moore is just really not seeing the volume in Carolina that we expected he would see entering the season. Uh, in weeks one and two, 
everything seemed kind of normal, even if he wasn't getting the production, he still had uh, target shares of 26 and 32%. Uh, but, you know, in the three weeks since then, 14%, 17%, 14%. Uh, that is clearly in the wheelhouse of a wide receiver too, right? Not someone who's like a co-wide receiver one. Uh, and, you know, looking at those numbers, I don't think I don't think there's any reason to think that that's just something that's sort of a slump and is automatically going to bounce back up. Uh, I think it's almost kind of disheartening that Moore had a good game or like what we're thinking of as a good game in week five. And he still had only 14% of the targets. Well, the one thing with that is that he got, what was it? 65 yards on that one play or 57. So like when you don't need more targets, when you just, you know, jogging into the end zone, <laughs> I, I'm sure they all would have gotten like one or two more targets on that drive. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, but, but I do agree. Robbie Anderson is clearly the number one guy. Yeah. Uh, in Carolina. But, but still only 14% of the, the team's yeah. targets. That's for me, that's the big number there. So I yeah, actually, I have him at number 27, like that, that feels low. I probably need to adjust it up a little bit, but I'm pretty pessimistic about where yeah, we are with DJ Moore and the volume that he's going to see moving forward. Right. Just to add on, he's not a guy that you can bank on touchdowns most weeks. So yeah, he's very volume dependent. So if that's not there for him, I could see why you would downgrade him a ton. Yeah. Uh, Sean, give us the prop. What we're going to have to go there. Chase Claypool. This is a very tough line to set. I, I will say I was happy to get the over 23 and a half yards last week. I think <laughs> that'll be the last time his prop is that low. It, it's hard to say if Deontay will be in or out. So this this line is, you know, just a complete crapshoot right now. Uh, I'm going to go with 65 and a half as the over under. I mean, I'll just be the donkey here. And uh, you, you can basically bank on Friedman always taking the overs in this situation. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I have it at around 70 and a half. So I feel like not all that far off from where you are, but uh, I'm, I'm taking the over. Do you have Deontay in or out with that projection? I have him projected for 2% market share. So just as a placeholder. So I basically have him out, but okay. just within my projections, yeah. I have him projected minimally so that I can kind of remember that I need to do something <laughs> with him later. Makes sense. That's a really good number. I'm going to go a little lower on that. I'm going to, Take the under. I'm with Pat. I'm going to take the under as well. Um, That's that, not a knock on him. Again, I have him in my top 25, uh, but he's a guy who he's been getting carries. He could be a, a red zone guy. So he doesn't necessarily need to, um, you know, go crazy with the yardage to have a very productive day. So yeah, I have him in the high fifties. Uh, that may change if uh, I still do have Deontay, um, you know, kind of 50, 50 to go. So uh, that could bump up a little bit right now. I have him in the high fifties. Sean, if you set a line and I take the over, and Raybon takes the under, and the guest takes the under. You know, it's it's the right line. <laughs> I, I, I will say, overinflated it a little bit. Um, yeah, I would I would probably set this line closer to like uh, sixty and a half right now. But yeah. it, it's hard to say with Deontay's status up in the air, so it's it's almost impossible to cap right now. Yeah, I mean, given that I'm projecting this with Deontay basically out, that's yeah. that's the the big difference. Uh, okay, let's talk about the the tight ends, the guys at the top of our rankings. I mean, no surprise, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Fitz, do you see it any differently? Yeah, Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, who are you relatively high on? All right, so uh, I was really interested to see how people were going to regard Robert Tanyan coming off his bye this week, and uh, it turns out I'm a little above consensus on Big Bob. I've got him at tight end eight, and... 
All right, maybe I'm a cynic, but I, I don't think he's going to maintain a 26 touchdown pace here. But he did have 11 targets in the last two games. Uh, granted, Devonta Adams was out, but you know I think they're going to keep feeding him with Aaron Rodgers having a uh, I think 157.7 passer rating on throws to Tanyan so far. MVS has frying pans for hands. They do need another weapon in this offense. And this dude's good, man. I mean, Rogers was saying it throughout the training camp. Obviously, it's been well publicized that Tanyan trained with George Kittle. This dude is good. And I'm ready to regard him as a tight end one, I think. I'm there with you, Fitz. Uh, and uh, I have him number nine, Sean. I think you also have him ranked in that vicinity. Uh, Sean, who's someone you are relatively high on? For me, it's uh, TJ Hawkinson this week. He's he's my tight end four, uh, which is a bit surprising. I'm not really projecting him for much. It's four catches for 45 yards, but I think the the increased scoring environment. I've mentioned it many times already, but the you know the Lions have the second highest team total this week, so he has increased touchdown odds. And it's it's kind of a weird tight end week. I mean, we talked about the top three; it's pretty much set in stone. But after that, it, it kind of falls off quite a bit. Um, you, you have guys like Darren Waller. Um, Jared Cook, uh, I guess he doesn't really matter. It's, neither does Greg Olson and Hunter Henry are out. So, you know, Darren Wall and Hunter, Hunter Henry being out are two top 10 tight ends. So it's, it's made it pretty bunched up in the tight end one range, which is why a guy like Robert Tony is up there. But I just, TJ Hawkinson sticks out of all these guys as the guy with the most potential for, you know, uh, touchdown upside this week. Like I said, I think I'll be stacking Stafford, Galladay, and Hawkinson pretty heavily uh, in DFS this week. Rayvon, who do you like? I'm going with Evan Ingram. Uh, it's been a kind of weird season for him, but he continues to run uh, between 85 and, and 95% of routes per dropback uh, each week. The football team is uh, in the bottom three in terms of fantasy production allowed to the tight end position. And uh, Ingram is one of those few guys that, yeah, he didn't do much through the air last week, but he did get that carry for a touchdown. Um, you know, he's right there with Johnny Smith, another guy I like this week. Uh, both of those guys, you know, they can kind of smooth over a bad receiving day with, with a carry here and there. Kittle's like that too. So uh, give me some Evan Ingram. We're going back to the well one more time in a spot where the Giants, I mean, if they, if they don't get a win here, if they might be headed toward, uh, toward 0-16. Rayvon, I'm with you there on Johnny Smith. Uh, I actually have him ranked number three, which uh, is aggressive, but it's well, assuming uh, that there's uh, no Corey Davis uh, and Adam Humphreys, or at least limited Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. Uh, and with those guys out, I mean, I think Johnny is kind of already the number two receiving option within that offense, but with the uh, numbers two and three wide receivers out, I mean, man, he's, he's really the other guy there next to A.J. Brown. Uh, and so because of the enhanced target volume, I would expect him to see, uh, I would think of him as having a pretty decent chance of uh, finishing in the top three fits. Who are you low on? So I think we got to slow our roll on Dalton Schultz a little bit with Dak out of the picture. He's tight end seven right now at fantasy pros. And I would be right there if it was still Dak at quarterback, but you know, I mean, Dak was just magic for quarterbacks. He basically, like Dr. Frankenstein, reanimated the corpse of Jason Witten and made him a fantasy-relevant tight end. Uh, he had us all excited about Blake Jarwin. He brought Dalton Schultz to life this year, and I just don't know if we're going to get that with Andy Dalton under center. So having him in the top 10 seems a little, I don't know, just a little bit of a reach to me. So he is now out of my top 10. Totally with you there, Sean. I believe you also have Schultz um, 
outside of the top 10 or thereabouts, but um, who are you low on? This one pains me because it's a guy I took quite a bit uh, heading into the season, but it's Hayden Hurst. Uh, I have him at tight end 13 right now. I just don't think we can trust him. He just looked out of sync when it comes uh, with Matt Ryan. Um, and it's one of those things where maybe the lack of offseason could have affected uh, this specific situation. They just don't have that chemistry. I think they, they will figure it out eventually, but just you can't trust Hayden Hurst right now. Uh, and, you know, I expect Julio Jones to return this week. Uh, but, yeah, it hasn't looked good to start. And he's a, he's a tough guy to drop because, like I said, I think he still has top 10 potential. But if there's a way you could just stash him on the bench for the next few games, I think that's warranted at this point. Rayvon, who are you low on? Same guy I've been well on for like the last three weeks, Tyra Higby. I mean, we need to stop ranking him as if it's his last season. Like, it's not. Uh, I thought he would be more involved. I was wrong, but uh, I've been down on him these last, you know, three weeks. And again, you just have to look at these routes run numbers with tight end. And uh, Higby dropped under 50% last week. And, and it was Gerald Everett that ended up having the big game, not him. So, uh, you know, Higby's at uh, about a 12% target share for the season. And that's what you would expect for a guy that's running about 50% uh, of the routes per drop back uh, and trending downward. So uh, Niners gave up some, some big plays to Mike Gusecki or a big play to Mike Gusecki last year, but we don't even know. We can't guarantee that that will be Higby and not Everett. So uh, I got Higby down at uh, tight end 19 this week. Okay. Raybon for the rest of the episodes from here on out, what's going to happen is I'm going to say what I think. And then I'm going to ask you the question because I'm tired of you taking my guys. All right. Higby was the guy I was going to talk about. I have him all the way down at tight end 27, which feels aggressively low, but let's be honest. He hasn't, as you say, he hasn't had all that much market share for the entire season and it's gotten reduced in the past three games. 6% target share, 12% target share, 7% target share. And none of that even takes into account the matchup. And, you know, the 49ers, they at this point have well-documented defensive woes because they are missing six starters. But one of the things they can still do, they can still defend the tight end position because they have Jaquiski Tart at strong safety. And so it, it's a bad matchup for a guy who isn't even seeing volume at this point. So I think it's really easy to be pretty low on Tyler Higby this week and for the rest of the season. Sean, give us the prop. Uh, fits a like this one, but it's uh, Robert Tonian receiving yards. I wanted us to talk about him a bit, um, but I, I have his uh, over under at 35 and a half. Oh, I'm over. For sure. <laughs> you knew <Good>. that. <laughs> I'll take the over. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the, the target share that he's gotten over the past few games. And a lot of that has come without Devontae Adams. But uh, yeah, uh, now, especially with Alan Lazard out, yeah. someone still has to get those targets. And yeah, I think I think Tanyan, he looks like the guy. Yeah, I think Lazard being out is what's kind of fueling this. Obviously, Devontae coming back will steal some targets, but I think Lazard being out for a significant amount of time will will keep Tanyan um, in the t tight end one discussion for sure. Going under, and that's because I think that, number one, Devontae does have a big impact on this. But number two, uh, if you look at the routes run per drop back in his big game, 71%. Uh, uh, for the season, he's at 63%. So – 
he's not seeing a massive increase due to all the injuries, just, uh, you know, maybe a couple extra routes per game. Um, so I still, I, I still think that there's some, a lot of a wide range of outcomes. I'll put it that way. Uh, you know, Mercedes Lewis missed last game. Yeah. You know, we'll see what happens with him, but you still have other tight ends. Like you still have Friedman's guy Sternberger, you know, you never know when he's going to get a snap or two. They have a fullback, uh, Jonathan Lovett who, who gets snapped. So there's like a lot going on there to where, um, I could see him having a blow up game, but I'm just not confident in kind of locking him in for a, a huge target share when he only went like 71% was just 1% higher than his uh, previous season high in week in, in the second game, which was 70%. So he's right around, you know, 50 high fifties to low seventies uh, in routes run pretty much no matter who's been in or out of the lineup. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. Nice shot there. Friedman's guy, Sternberger, by the way, how's your guy, Dan Arnold doing? <laughs> Uh, he's terrible. Daryl Daniels passed him up on the yeah. depth chart this week. He can't run block. He can't run block. That's one of the reasons Kenyon Drake is – no, I've been reading about, like, the Arizona beat. Like, Kenyon Drake struggles. They're, like, putting it on Arnold. So, uh, it's not looking good. Not looking good. All right, Fitz, uh, great having you on the show. Talk to us about uh, your content, where people can find it. What are you putting out for the people? Well, thanks for having me. I always like talking to you guys and uh, I'm a regular listener of this show. It's one of my favorites. So um, you can always find my rankings at thefootballgirl.com. I have a weekly podcast, the Fits on Fantasy podcast, you know, that's available wherever podcasts are found. And you can find me on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. All right. Be sure to give him a follow. You can follow Sean, Chris, and me in the Action Network app at the underscore oddsmaker, Chris Rabon, and Matt F. The Oracle. Use the app to get real-time odds and track your bets for free. Please subscribe to and rate and review the show and listen and download on Spotify. See you again next episode. We're finished talking.